We all have things that we wished we had not seen and things that we wish that we could unsee. I have more than my share, but this one rates right up there as one of the more remarkable ones. So begins the first installment of Season 2 from the Tales of Auburn Creek, entitled The Unfair. It was the place to be. Pittenger's, a small drive in the middle of town with an oval-shaped drive wrapped around it, perfect for teenagers who wanted to be seen either in the car while driving by or parked in one of the 15 stalls where you could sip your cherry Coke. They had a special creation of vanilla ice cream in a dish smothered in chocolate with malt sprinkled over it, complete with a cherry on top. It kept many of us who were too young to drive occupied out front. On this night, that's where I was, enjoying my Buffalo Bill, as they were called, when he walked up. Pete parked his car and walked up to the window. He was a good person and a better athlete. Everybody knew he was seeing Caddy. She was one of the most beautiful girls in our small town, tall, slender brunette, who didn't even have to smile to stop traffic. I'd actually never met her, but everyone in town knew who she was, and everyone knew that they were a couple. He said hello to me because he knew my older brothers and knew that, well, I was about the same age as Caddy's younger sister, Katie. We started up a conversation. I asked why he was out alone, and he said Caddy was out at the county fair, which was just getting underway outside of town. He said he'd be going to get her a little later on. He said Katie was supposed to be with her and asked if I'd like to go along. I jumped at that opportunity to see her. Pete was a senior, good football player, and even a better wrestler. A real possibility to win the state title in his weight class. Certainly nobody to mess with, that's for sure. But he didn't have the typical brash personality that usually came with that package. We talked as he drove. He asked if I was interested in Katie. I said everyone my age was interested in Katie, but I quickly pointed out she was taken. He admitted he thought that was the case, but then added with a chuckle that maybe I could change her mind. I took a big drink of my cherry Coke and let that thought float right out onto the prairie. We rode around for a short time until it was time to head out to the fair to pick them up. The county fair was not big by any imagination, certainly fitting for a County with a population of around 30,000. It was still fun, however, to see the night sky illuminated with multicolored lights and the constant music blaring into the open air. It was getting dark when we pulled up. He said he thought he knew where we might find her, so we started walking toward the back of the fairgrounds. It must have seemed unusual for a senior to be walking with a lowly freshman, but it didn't seem that way to me. And obviously it didn't bother him. I was just along for the ride anyway. Or so I thought. Everything that was going right that night ended with a yell. Pete! He stopped in his tracks after hearing his name called from the darkness toward the parking lot on our left. Right at the fringe of the fair lights. He held up his hand to shield his eyes from the lights to try to get a better look. It was a friend, at least it thought it must be, because Pete called out a name in surprise and answering. Rick, he said, as two people emerged from the darkness. He had his arm around Caddy, who seemed disheveled, brushing her hair back and trying not to look at Pete. What are you doing, Caddy? Pete asked. She didn't answer. The man she was with would answer for her. What are you doing, hanging around with... Now, excuse me, little raider, I don't want any trouble with your brothers, but why are you hanging around with a kid? 
He didn't wait for an answer. What are you doing when you have a girlfriend who looks like this and you're hanging around with him? Pete started to answer, but he was having trouble getting the words out. The possibility of my meeting Katie now seemed so trivial to him, I'm sure. He was staring at Caddy, hoping she would say something that would clear all this up. But it was about to get worse. Much worse. And she was a virgin, Rick exclaimed in words that pierced the night, and undoubtedly, Pete's heart. Rick, like Pete, was all cowboy, dressed in all black with a big buckled rodeo belt, boots complete with a black cowboy hat. Well, I took care of that. I figured if you weren't going to, somebody had to, he added insultingly. The words sliced through the music, the laughter, and whether any of them realized it at the time, right through each of their lives. I fully expected Pete to charge forward and take the skinny cowboy apart piece by piece. He could have, and no one would have blamed him. Instead, he dropped to his knees and uttered what I can only describe as a desperate whisper. Caddy, we were going to wait, he pleaded. It was too late. Rick kept walking with his arm tightly wrapped around his conquest, almost pulling her along with him. She kept looking over her shoulder, clearly uncomfortable with how this was playing out. But it was too late. She looked like she was waiting for Pete to stop all this, but he couldn't. Life is funny that way. She left in limbo, disappearing into the heat of the summer night that had instantly turned stone cold. To this day, I don't know how I got home that night, but I felt like I just witnessed a point in these people's lives that they would all live to regret. I'd go back to school the next day, where I saw Katie. She came to my locker and asked if I was okay. I told her I was. There was little more for either of us to say after that. I shut my locker, and we went our separate ways. The fair was never the same for me. All the music, food, carnival barkers could never erase the memory of that night. Years later, while attending college in a nearby community, I walked into a McDonald's. I grabbed my tray from the counter and headed to a seat when I passed her on my left. For the first time in at least five years, I saw Caddy again out of the corner of my eye. She still looked as beautiful as I remembered, but something was noticeably different. She was sitting with a tray in front of her. No one else was sitting anywhere near her. She was totally alone. I thought about introducing myself and sitting down to talk to her, but I doubted she'd even know who I was. And I assumed someone would be coming to sit with her anyway. So I proceeded to another table. I wondered if it was as vivid a memory for her as it still was for me. If she ever thought back to that night about Pete or Rick. By the way, I was right, you know, about how big a moment that night would turn out to be in their lives. One would eventually take his own life. The other would eventually drink himself to death. And here was Caddy. I wondered about how all this might have been different if that night had never happened, if I'd never gone along for that ride. But life doesn't work that way, does it? I did, it did, 
and now here she sat. I walked past her again to put my tray away as I was leaving. I attempted an awkward wave to make eye contact, but she looked right through me. Probably for the best, I thought. What more was there to say? I wasn't supposed to be there anyway. Fifty years later, it still seems so unfair. Thanks again for listening to the Tales from Auburn Creek. I want to remind you that from now on, we'll be doing one of these stories every month for the rest of the year. We'll sprinkle in some bonus stories as well from time to time. Stories that we hope you'll enjoy. This is Kevin Rader. Until next time.